We are planning your financial future. I'm Scott Thompson. Andy Lister and Don Fox are here from Investors Group Financial Services, Inc. Check out their website at andyanddon.com. That's andyanddon, all one word, dot com. You can listen to old archive shows there as well. Ask a question via the listener inquiry button. And don't forget, you can also call now. Leave a message. They will return your call at 905-529-7165. Good morning, gentlemen. Good, Good to see morning, you all. Good Scott. Four stages of retirement. Are there only four? <laughs> well, you know what, depending on which website you go to, there could be probably 20, but uh, no, I have seen a lot, and it's interesting, uh, Andy and I, obviously, in doing a lot of retirement planning, we see clients go through all these stages, mm-hmm. and it's interesting, only less than 25% actually make it to stage four, and so this book- As uh, far as the planning or the retirement? As far as his retirement uh, stages. Pla- oh. They kind of get stuck in a stage, or they fall back to a stage, um, and we'll go through that, and, and you'll- probably understand by the time I get to the mm. fourth stage. But it's a, a recent book written by Riley E. Moynes, and uh, I've actually just ordered the book, so I had read up this kind of the Cole's notes of it. So maybe on a further show, I'll be getting a little bit more detail in these four stages. But the very first stage, and this one we can all, and these were all the commercials. Then, you know, you, you, if, you listen to, if you're watching some commercial on TV and they show somebody on a golf course. This is the couple on the sailboat? The sailboat. Oh, oh that's my <laughs> favorite. The, the beach. <laughs> on the beach, yeah. Uh, having a, yeah. a cocktail somewhere. Yeah. That, like, Sitting in bathtubs. Oh, no, that's a different commercial. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> but number one stage, and you can tell by that one, is vacation time. Yeah. That's what they call it. It's the fun stage. This is kind of a selfish stage. This is where you said, I have put all this money, I have given all my effort into this work life for years. You know what? I'm done. I'm on vacation time. And this stage can last a while. It can last all the time. You may never get to stage two. Mm. You can just hang out and in vacation time the whole time. Um, and it basically means you are doing your, some traveling, hobbies. Um, maybe spending a lot more time with family, doing mm-hmm. those things that you always say, I want to get to, often repairs at the house. Yeah. Little, the bucket list. That bucket list that always say, I want to do that. Uh, and it's, it's, it, it's interesting how long it takes, but generally it doesn't even take, last a year. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. It, it may last a couple, but it's amazing. Even Is that we, because the money runs out? <laughs> <laughs> it could be. Um, it's funny, all these bucket list jobs that we have, um, particularly around the house, if we actually had no job, it doesn't take that long to, to do them all. Yeah, good point. And all of a sudden you're done. It's like, wow, what are hey, we going to do? Right. We, we get our taxes done, don't we? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so we have this vacation time, and then you may plunge into number two, which is called plunge into the abyss of insignificance. <laughs> Wow. Ah, that's deep. <laughs> yeah, that's a, it's like in the deep end of the pool, yeah. and it's a dark pool. And it really is a drop from the top. Because now it's like, okay, I'm waking up in the morning and I'm not really adding value. You know, I've been doing this vacation thing for a while. I've been doing my hobbies. I've been pretty enjoying myself. The list is done. But that list is done and, I, and I'm, and I'm kind of losing. And there's five unavoidable losses. The first one is structure. You know, you always wake up and you say, I got to get to the office. I got to get to work. I, uh, you have this, this kind of routine you go through that loss of structure can be very stressful, to be honest, Mm -hmm. okay? The second one, and this one particularly for men, is identity. Yeah. Okay? Mm -hmm. Um, And I had this conversation with a client this last week, and 
being a woman, she says, absolutely, I would have no problem. And I've seen women go into retirement and they had high-end jobs and they go right into retirement and never Don't look care. back. Yeah. But a lot of men, more so, they kind of link their identity to their job. Yeah. And uh, so when that identity is done, it's like, wow, I... I got of, nothing. I got nothing. Yeah. I, that, that was me. Yeah. I'm that guy. Mm. I'm no longer that guy. And so number three is your relationships. You come to the office, female or male, mm-hmm. again, and uh, you say, okay, where's Joe? Where's Sam? Where's, you know, where's Barbara? Where's, you know, my friends at yeah. work? Yeah, and Social life. You take it almost for granted that these are always there mm-hmm. because we've been doing this for 25 years yeah. or longer. And those relationships you know, quite often are only office relationships and never w- went above and beyond your work environment. Sure. You never went out on weekends no. with them. Okay, so as soon as that's done, quite yeah. often those relationships are done. I remember my parents talking about that when they retired too, that mm. they missed the people that they worked with. Yeah, yeah. right, right. And you always hear the, ho- the hockey players. Yeah. What do they miss the most yeah. when they leave? Yeah, the it's locker the, room. The yeah. locker room, dressing yeah. room, yeah. yeah. And it's all their buddies and they kind of go into battle together and mm-hmm. they, you know, they, they have a victory or they have a loss. And they, they do it together. Mm-hmm. And really, to a certain extent, when you're working for a company, there's that same, maybe not to the same extent, mm-hmm. but there's still the same feeling that yep. had a great day. Common mission, yeah. You know, it's exactly. So it's a, there's a team atmosphere that you may miss. Number four is you, you miss that sense of purpose. You know, getting up and you accomplish something. And I'm getting up and I got this three things to do today at the office and I'll, and I'll feel really good. You miss that sense of purpose. And number five, sense of power. If you had a job that, you know, you had a bunch of oh, people and, working for you. In control of something, yeah. You had this kind of, call it a power trip, if you will. Mm-hmm. But there is a, a sense of power. And all of a sudden, you know, you may have been the head partner of a CA firm. Mm-hmm. And now you are just whatever. You go shopping. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're there at no frills. You push the cart. <laughs> And so this is a, um, it, this is very different for everybody. It generally, you, this is a stage you want to get out of. Mm-hmm. You do not want to be left in this stage, but everybody will go through this stage. Yeah. And it could only be for a month as this one, um, as, as this book had, had discussed, or it could last a couple of years. And quite often, uh, people are suffering a little bit of depression mm-hmm. or anxiety at this time. Yeah, sure. And they may seek counseling mm-hmm. to try to get their head straight on this one. Number three, the, the fourth, third stage of, of retirement is trial and error. This is where you say, okay, I got to get myself out of this abyss of insignificance and I'm just going to try stuff. Mm-hmm. And it basically, it's, it's just trying, it's a response to number two. And you're just trying to figure out what you like doing again. Yeah. So you try stuff. And the main question you ask yourself is, how can I contribute? Mm-hmm. And then you start doing things. So you may... Uh, a client of mine, she works at a, th- a theater, mm-hmm. and she was a teacher at one time. Had nothing to do with theater, actually, as a teacher. But she said, I, I want to, you know, volunteer there, and now she's, you know, helping with uh, sewing wardrobes. Yeah, cool. And she's loving it. Yeah. She absolutely loves it. Um, her husband also retired, and he is, you know, fixing bicycles. Mm. Uh, again, his previous job had nothing to do with cycling, but he, uh, he was very interested in it. He's a very handsy person, so yeah. he could easily do it, and he, and he was... You know, almost a perfectionist. So it might take a lot longer to fix that bike, but it's going to be perfect. Mm-hmm. So anyway, and they and there's keep trying different things until something sticks that you really like, and you can say, okay, I'd like to get up and do this. Mm-hmm. But it does take a while. But you start 
a few ventures and eventually commit. But the, the nice thing about this stage is you're willing to start it all over again. Yeah. Because you're not, it's not a commitment. It's not like a job where he says, I have to do this anymore. You know, after about a couple of years, I say, I don't really want to fix bikes anymore. Heck with that. I'm going to do mm. this instead. Mm-hmm. And it may be totally unrelated. Um, finally, now the funny thing with trial and error is you can all, you, all these stages, by the way, you can go back and revisit them. Yeah. So, you know, so I've done this trial and error thing for a while. I'm going to go on vacation now. That's enough yeah. of this. Yeah. <laughs> I love that vacation part. I'm going to go take an Alaskan cruise. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And then you say, you know what? I'm, I want to try something again. Mm-hmm. So quite frankly, most people stay in those three. And they just kind of back and forth between vacation time, plunge into the abyss of insignificance, and trial and error, those three. They generally do not, and again, less than 25% get into level four, which is reinvent and repurpose. And this is where, if you really want to leave a legacy in your life, this is the stage to do it. Mm -hmm. Okay, this is where you try to find out what is your unique ability. What is you something you absolutely love to do? What is something you do very well? And what attributes and skills have led to success in the past? And you're constantly trying to find that thing. Mm-hmm. And so when, when, you know, hopefully there's a, some new retirees listening there, or, and maybe they're sitting in that plunge of, uh, plunge in the abyss of insignificance right now and thinking, oh, this is retirement. It's not what I really thought it would be. Don't worry. There's other stages. And you just have to get through that second stage. But as I said, it is a bit of a shock after being employed and, and having that schedule for so yeah, long, and yeah. all of a sudden, boom, it's over. Well, I, and I was wondering too, would there be any factor in terms of how quickly you go through, or um, or if, if you skip any of the steps, mm. depending on your income? Like if you were a low income retiree, a middle income retiree, or a high income retiree, does that change any of that? I wonder. That's yeah, that's a good point. And again, when I get oh, this you point, know, when okay, I get right, this right. book from Amazon <laughs> and read the that whole thing, that wasn't a thing, fair question. Yet. <laughs> <laughs> this was the Coles notes, yeah. but it's kind of funny. Um, few do stage, few people do stay in stage one um, because it kind of is like a denial or an, or avoidance. Avoidance, mm. yeah. Because you're yeah. just enjoying yourself and you really- Party every day. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and you don't want to- But if you can afford it, why wouldn't you? And again- Isn't that not I the biggest- I guess maybe a burnout, maybe. It, it, I don't know. But is that the determining factor? Cost, money, which changes you or puts you from one stage well, to another? that's why I was wondering, because I mean, you could certainly be volunteering, which doesn't cost anything yeah, other yeah. than, you know, transporting yourself yeah. to the location. Um, so I don't think you have to have a lot of money to be able to do that stage. But as far as the, the first traveling, one, the, yeah, yeah the, the sort of party everyday one. Mm-hmm. Um, the all-inclusive, <laughs> the all-inclusive <laughs> retirement. Well, the interesting part is, the most unhappy retirees have not gone to do anything beyond stage one. Wow. They are the least happy if they stay there. Mm-hmm. Okay. So even those, those commercials yeah, say, right. this is fantastic. They, they are very- They're really not happy. They're not happy. The next time you there. see the couple running across the beach, they're really not happy. <laughs> well, you know, it's funny to say, I mean, I, I, I have a client who's uh, in his 80s and uh, he owns a boat, a sailboat. Yeah. And uh, and he said to me, owning a boat has kept me sharp because yeah, yeah. everything about dealing with a boat, particularly yeah. a sailboat in, in, in general, yeah. but 
any boating, I think, you, you have to be on top of your game in terms mm-hmm. of being able to fix things, be able to attend to things, sure. because safety is a priority when yeah. you're on the water. Absolutely. And so you need to make sure everything's in working order. And uh, and sometimes when something has to get fixed, now you're on a mission, mm-hmm. right? So you've got yeah. to go find parts. Gives you purpose, you've yeah. got to get parts. You've got to get it installed or, and, and, and make sure it's all working mm-hmm. and test it. So it keeps you really sharp. Yes. And, and the, it gets exactly. And that's reinventing yourself. Yeah. You know, reinventing yeah. and repurposing yourself. That's what, those are the people that make it to stage four. And what you really want to do is help out if you know a friend that is, that is in stage two mm-hmm. or slip back into it mm-hmm. because it's like, and, I, and again, I've seen some very positive people go through retirement and you can tell when they're in stage two. Yeah. And you can also tell when they've gotten out of stage two hmm. and they found a new purpose. You hardly know what they did before they retired. Hmm. And that's when you definitely know They've repurposed themselves. They're on the right path. Because I have some very good friends. They've retired and some really good clients. And it's like, oh, yeah, what did you do again for a living? Because they got such a different life now. And they're so involved in their new life that it's hard to even remember what they did in their old life. And that is a good uh, indication they're having an excellent retirement. We are planning your financial future. Andy Lister and Don Fox are here from Investors Group Financial Services, Inc. AndyandDon.com is the website, and you can call now and leave a message at 905-529-7165. We're coming right back. We are planning your financial future. I'm Scott Thompson. Andy Lister and Don Fox are here from Investors Group Financial Services, Inc. You can talk to them. Just leave a message at 905-529-7165. They'll return your call. And check out the website at AndyandDon.com. That's andyanddon.com. We're talking about the steps of retirement and CPP. Yes, and why is retirement all of a sudden so topical? Hmm. Well, you know what? In 1950, we probably wouldn't have this radio show, (laughs) okay? (laughs) (laughs) Because the average age of a person's life expectancy was 68 then. So they'd work to 65. That's it. A couple of years, you're done. And they literally said, well, three years in a rocking chair, we're pretty much out of here. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) And so you you didn't need a lot of retirement planning back then. So by year 2000, 50 years later, the average age of life expectancy was then, uh, was in year 2000, was 76. So it went up by eight years. So now you're spending 11 years in retirement. So now it's like, okay, we got to plan for this. You know, that's, a, that's enough time. Yeah. Well, by 2010, the average age is now 81. And so it's 16 years in retirement, and that's just the average. And if you actually look at the people that hit 65, the... One of the two, if you're if you're uh, if you're married couple, live quite often into the late eighties, mm-hmm. and so now you're looking at a long twenty year plus, and sometimes a third of their life is in retirement. So this whole idea of retirement planning is all based on life expectancy, which is you know critical. We got to make sure you plan for this thing. And it's interesting because of the baby boomers um, right now, the retirement the retirees jump from one hundred and seventy thousand per year to. 250,000 per year right now. Okay, so a massive jump. And in five years from now, there's going to be 400,000 retirees per year coming into it. That's when it peaks. That's like, take, every, that's like every couple of minutes or something. Yeah, they're taking over. <laughs> well, actually, it's kind of funny you broke it down like that, Andy, because 10,000 people will, will be retiring in North America every day. Wow. Which works out in an eight hour shift, 1,200 people. Per eight-hour shift. Think what that's going to do to the labor force and just, uh, you know, the way that changes the economy moving forward. Absolutely. So they're almost looking like if you can visualize like a landslide. This is a retirement landslide. And the decision-making is critical on terms of things such as what do you do with your money? What do you do with 
Um, and, and particularly, you look at the pensions. Should, when should I start taking the pensions? And I know, Andy, um, when you're looking at Canada pension, that's one of the biggest decisions. I know, right and it's funny, as you were talking about those four stages, and I had um, I had made notes, and I sort of, I, I repositioned it a little bit in my in my head when I was writing this down, but I had the stages, what I call the nearly retired. So these are people that are, they they're, feel like they're ready to go, uh, they just can't pull the trigger, and that's sort of one stage. And then I have the newly retired. I call them newly retired. That's that's the people that are in vacation mode, sure. party every day mode. The experienced retiree, which would be similar to your stage two. They've got it. They've got it under the belt. They've got the party part out of the way. And they now know they, where the now dis- they've got a, they've got a, ri- a rhythm and a system going. They know where the discounts are. That's right. <laughs> yeah. And then finally, the legacy. And the legacy is that point where you know you've you've lived a good life, and but you can now see. I'm thinking, well, how do I pass this on to the next generation? Because I really don't need any more. And it's kind of becomes the three buckets of your financial life and a retirement life, which is the bucket one is the money you will spend. And as Don said, you know, you're in vacation mode. It's going to fluctuate a lot mm-hmm. in the early years because you're wanting to do a lot of things, get the attack the bucket list as yeah. well, whether it's projects at home, et cetera. Um, but um, the spending obviously, I think, does fluctuate with that newly retired group. And bucket two is the just-in-case fund, and it's money you might spend. And this might be something, it may be an opportunity comes along, or it might be, uh, it could be a medical situation as well. And then finally, the third bucket is the money you never need. Mm-hmm. And it's so hard to know exactly at the end, but mm-hmm. typically, most of us, the goal is to not run out of money, so something's going to be left over. Mm-hmm. And that bucket, how do you deal with that? Yeah. But, um, you know, in talking about the goals or the worries around uh, retirement and that those, those stages as well, I think there's six main things that we think about. And number one is making it last, right? And that's longevity risk that we talk about. But making it last is is obviously top of mind for everybody. They don't want to outlive your money. Um, number two is maintaining your lifestyle. And this would be inflation risk. So maintaining your lifestyle over time, it's easy to forget that if you're on a fixed pension, how much that gets eroded over time yeah. and does that affect your quality of living as well. Number three is protecting your assets. And That really comes down to having a a good asset allocation plan. Really, how are you going to invest your capital so that you can protect it over time? You're trying to achieve a high rate of return with a low amount of volatility. And um, the fourth one is spending well. And spending well means, you know, you you don't want to put too much in that I might spend bucket versus what I want to spend. And um, and underliving is is such an important factor in that, in the sense that too many people end up, you know, in their 80s or 90s with a pile of money in that never needed anymore mm. bucket, and maybe they could have done something differently in their life. But uh, the spending well often comes down to the withdrawal rate. And if you retire and we're in a terrible economic situation, the stock market is underperforming, mm-hmm. then um, uh, the withdrawal rate and how much you're taking out is going to be critical in terms of making sure that you can spend and feel confident about it. Number five is staying healthy. And uh, so health risks, and, um, and we'll talk a little bit about that when I get into Canada Pension Plan as well. But basically, you know, what kind of medical expenses are you going to have if, you're, if you maintain your health? You're going to have less medical costs, less downtime, uh, and a lot less stress on that side. And then finally, number six, which is leaving a legacy and that estate plan. 
So, um, but retirement today, more and more, we're we're delving into what to do in terms of CPP, and and retirement is all about the decumulation. So I'm sort of switching yeah. it up. We're we're in the accumulation phase up until the point we retire, and then we want a decumulation, the decumulation phase once we retire, and. Um, so the question is always, you know, should I defer my Canada pension plan? Should I uh, start early? Should I start at 65, the standard? And um, it doesn't take much. If you Google, you know, should I take my CPP uh, early or late, you'll get all kinds of information mm-hmm. about it. Um, but I would say in terms of that reference material and just sort of looking at what's going on out in the, in the world today in Canada w- with respect to CPP, you'll see more and more information about the benefits of deferring. Right. And um, uh, so deferring is something like today, the maximum if you're 65 is around $1,134 a month. So a little over $13,000 a year. And um, you know, that, that, the question again becomes, I think, am I going to outlive my savings? So if I spend it now versus uh, versus taking Canada Pension Plan, if I spend my money now, I'm worried that, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm going to see my savings erode rather quickly. Right. And most people get uncomfortable when they see that, right? Because you're, yeah. you're, you're using up your capital. So I'll just take an example. Um, uh, an example. So let's take Fred. He's 65 years old. And his income, he's a middle income earner. He's been making $75,000 a year for the last five years. And he's accumulated 350000 in RRSPs. He's single uh, or widowed, I should say. And um, uh, 13000 would be his expectation when he looked at his Canada pension plan income for the year. And of course, at 65, he could also get 7000 a year from uh, old age security. And he owns his home. So really what he's thinking about, a target income. And this number, typically the target income for a retiree is anywhere between 40% of their pre-retirement income up Mm -hmm. to about 70% or more Mm -hmm. of their retirement income. But for most middle-income households in that range, 40 to 70% is what we see from the actuarial standpoint. And um, so in looking at Fred's situation, the assumption was 57% of his average earnings, which worked out to $42,750 a year was the income that he would need to maintain Mm -hmm. his lifestyle. And that 57%, I just want to uh, stick on that for a second, because people often don't know, what am I going to spend and how Mm. much is it going to cost me? And as you're heading into retirement, you're still dealing with a legacy of costs associated with your lifestyle that are, some of them are going to leave or stop. So one might be, um, you know, obviously your income level. So if your income was a low income level, if you're just making 40,000 a year, you probably need a higher amount, right. closer to that. Right. If you're in that 75, a, a lower amount, and the higher again, you, if you double that to 150, again, you might need less as well. Um, your marital status is a factor too. So mm-hmm. if you're still married, there's two people that have to live right. off that income. Yeah, good point. Um, your uh, mortgage payments, are you mortgage-free? Do you still have debts that we have to cover? Because that any income that has to go to debt is money that you can't spend. Yeah, right. Yeah. But so that's in addition to your regular spending. Um, 
child raising expenses. So you think about the costs of raising children right up through the period of education. Mm -hmm. And often it doesn't stop there. There's weddings that people start to think about or maybe helping their kids out with a home, helping their kids get established in their career. So you might be getting ready to retire, but you're still having expenses yeah. associated with your children and helping them get launched as well. Mm-hmm. So, um, so that's where that target of 40 to 70 came from, 42,750. So plan one, which was, you know, if nobody showed up and said, Fred, here's another idea, would be he would have converted his RSPs to a RIF and begin to take the minimum payout from those. Mm -hmm. He would have started his Canada Pension Plan and Old Age Security right away at age 65. And we're going to assume a life expectancy till about age 95. And uh, so again, there was an actuarial study done by this. We were talking about this last week, and Mm -hmm. actuaries love to crunch the numbers and understand the details around it. And um, so what what we discovered is that really he would have a a steadily rising income over time, mm-hmm. and uh, it would continue right till age 95 uh, before it actually drops off. So that's a pretty good, pretty good uh, mm-hmm. uh, start. But in the early years, with the minimum withdrawal, in order to make that riff last through yeah. to age 95, uh, he is about 9,000 short. So instead of having 42,750, he's only got about, you know, uh, 30, 33, 34,000 right. of income. So that means he's going to have to underlive for a period of time until the Canada pension and everything catches up uh, down the road. So option two would be to defer to age 70. So Scott, here's a question. What percentage of people that are taking Canada pension plan do you think defer their Canada pension plan to age 70? I would say it's less than 50. I would say more take it sooner. I'd say five. Five percent. Five. You said five percent. Take it after at after age 60, seventy. At age at age wow, seventy. That's that, just a guess. That's just a guess. Well, no, okay. I'm going to say twenty five percent then. One percent. Wow. <laughs> you were you were you were going in the right direction. You were going the right direction. I'm going the opposite direction. <laughs> Don wins the prize. So only one percent decide to wait. One percent are deferring to age seventy. Till seventy. Yeah, yep. you can. You can. The kind of the normal is sixty-five. Yeah, and you can take it early at sixty. Right. So maybe that's what I'm that's confusing what you're too. Ki- yeah. Thinking, yes. Yeah. But then but only one percent take it till seventy. Wait till seventy. Wait till seventy. Yeah. Even though there is a seven percent per year increase after sixty-five. Right. So forty-two percent increase at seventy, but it's still you think okay, well, where's the break-even and mm-hmm. it's still well, I actually get to see it. <coughs> well, mm-hmm. I see seventy. Okay, yeah. that's yeah. the other question people have. So the actuaries actually, you know, so Don's right, that's about 42% enhancement to your Canada pension plan. But what the actuarials calculated is it probably works out closer to 49% because of indexing as well Mm -hmm. along the way. So almost a 49%, almost a 50% increase in terms Mm -hmm. of your benefits from Canada pension plan. Mm -hmm. So so 1% of workers are taking uh, their Canada pension plan, deferring it till age 70. But... We're going we're gonna to ask Fred to do the same thing. So he's going to defer to age 70 his right. Canada pension plan and his old age security, both pensions. Um, the, uh, and so what he's going to do between age 65 and 70 is draw from his RIF that 42750 per year to meet his lifestyle needs. And then 
he will be able to drop that down to a lower level once the Canada Pension Plan and old age security right. kick in. And so what the analysis discovered is that his RIF will, and this, oh, sorry, the RIF was averaging 4% rate of return in both scenarios. The RIF will now last all the way to age 100. Hmm. In other words, yeah. he's actually enhanced or improved his longevity risk in case he lives longer than normal. Um, he reduces his investment risk because he has extracted more money out of his investments, and so he has less to worry about mm-hmm. in that standpoint. Mm-hmm. And the third thing is, is he got, as I said, he got rid of his longevity risk as well. So it comes back to the the problem of individuals seeing their savings dropping quickly in that early stages. So again, instead of taking out probably in the neighborhood of about 20 grand a year from his RIF, he's now taking out 42 grand out of his RIF. So the savings are going down quickly. And that, that is one of the big deterrents that people have in their head because they think I've saved all this money. I feel like I'm just blowing it, blowing Mm -hmm. through it too quickly by doing this strategy. Uh, but it's not the case. It actually improves your scenario over the long run. And the other big question is what if I die early? Mm. Right. And that always, always rears its head. And the truth is, is that between the age of 65 and 80, you only have a, women have a 13% chance of dying between 65 and 80, and men have about a 20% chance of dying. So the odds are clearly in your favor still that that, that you're not likely to die. And so taking Canada Pension Plan later makes a lot of sense. And I do think some people don't like to see their assets go down because I think there's still that feeling that they'd like to leave money for their kids. Mm -hmm. And they think, well, you know what, I know I'm going to get this income, but... It's almost a maternal obligation. Mm -hmm. And uh, I know Andy and I have had these discussions with clients. And one thing that says, okay, you've invested education, whatever. There's still the house. And particularly with RSP assets, you've got to pay tax on these sometime. I would trade my RSPs for an index pension pretty much any time if you looked at the dollars. Mm -hmm. And especially a guaranteed um, index pension such as CPP. And I just, I know we're running out of time, but I wanted to talk about something called MyCRA. Do you have a MyCRA account? I don't believe I do. No. And so a lot of Canadians don't, but really what this is, it it sets up an online access to be able to see all kinds of information that Revenue Canada has about you, your income Mm -hmm. tax, your notice of assessments, uh, your TFSA uh, contribution room, your RRSP contribution room, and your Canada Pension Plan information, how much you're going to get. So when we come back, I just want to quickly tell people the steps to set up their MyCRA account, and that's your homework over the next week. All right, we are planning your financial future. Andy Lister and Don Fox are here from Investors Group Financial Services, Inc. 905-529-7165. Leave a message, they'll return your call. We're coming right back. We are planning your financial future. I'm Scott Thompson. Andy Lister and Don Fox are here from Investors Group Financial Services, Inc. Check out the website at andyanddon.com. You can also call now and leave a message at 905-529-7165. They will return your call. Talking about MyCRA. MyCRA. And uh, there's actually a mobile app available, too, for MyCRA. There is... uh, my benefits CRA, my business account CRA. And so it, whatever it is, you can access now online a lot of your information through uh, CRA. But this is the key. What we're looking at now is Canada Pension Plan. So if you don't have a My CRA account, the first steps you need to do is just go online, 
Google My CRA, and that'll take you to a, a login or a registration option right away. Mm-hmm. And you need to have a few things ready before you do that. Number one is they're going to want your social insurance number, your date of birth, your current postal code, and then here's the key. They're going to ask you for an amount from a line number on your tax return. Hmm. So to, and it could be from last year's tax return, the most current one. So I mean, 2017 hasn't been done yet, uh, but it, so it'd likely be 2016 or 2015. So they can ask you a line number from any of your last two years tax returns. Uh, and so you have to have filed your return and had an assessment done. Like what's the no significance of the line, or is it just to confirm? It's for privacy. You, okay. It's for it's to so it's an enhancement. It's a security, it's an, it's a security, security feature, feature and an enhancement. Yep. So you must enter an amount on from uh, on one of your income tax lines and benefit returns, and have a copy of your returns handy because it's going to be a random thing. They won't you won't know what line number they're right, going to ask yeah, you. Yeah. So have your tax returns, last two years tax returns, in front of you. And then the next step is you're going to have to create a, a CRA user ID and password. So it's the same old story. Whenever you lo- set up yourself on any kind of online system, you need a user ID and a password that you can remember. And then you're going to have to create security questions and answers. And there's five. You're going to have to have five security questions. And they give you options for various ones and your answers. And um, so you can... You can set it up if you're just using one computer all the time. You can use a thing called cookies, which keeps track of what your login ID is, and you can actually speed up the process the next time you go in. So once you do that first step, um, they're going to you'll have access to some limited information in the uh, my account information, but they're going to send you a security code, and that's going to come in the mail. So once you get the security code, then you'll be able to go back in. Re, re uh, log in again using your ID, your password, and now with the security code, you're going to get all the information that mm. you need. And the one area that you're going to want to find out is what is my Canada Pension Plan benefit? And they'll give you also some, some options to look at a calculator. If I defer it, if I take it early, it'll tell you what the numbers are going to be. So I think it's a great, great opportunity. And, um, uh, you know, now when we are meeting with people to do a retirement plan, you know, we want to know what your Canada pension plan is going to be. So if you haven't done it, we're going to make you do it anyway mm. before we finalize your retirement plan so that we've got a locked-in number we know exactly what you're right. entitled to from Canada pension plan. And that helps us then give you the real answer. What does it mean in terms of if I defer? What does it mean if I right. take it now? And mm. this is what it means if it takes it early because we're working with real numbers. Yeah. So my CRA, that's your homework over the next week. All right. and, and not only is that a something you could do, but it's also great if you're looking after your parents' accounts and you can do this on behalf of them. Mm-hmm. And this is fantastic because, you know, a lot of the times you don't know, have they maximized their tax-free savings account? Mm-hmm. And did they do it at the bank somewhere? Or you know, I'm thinking, you know, is it split, sp- spread across a few institutions? Mm-hmm. Nice thing about um, the CRA, they don't really care which institution you deal with. They go by your social insurance number. Yeah. So they only know you as that number. Yeah. So they don't. They they will then. You can have all this data that shows up on my my CRA account, and you, you can go one step further. And I know a lot of the financial planners out there are getting this information um, from their clients. My representative. Yeah. That's my right. representative. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And same idea as you're looking after your parents is why wouldn't you want your accountant or your or your financial planner to have this information particularly. If they are trying to create a financial plan, yeah. they need this information anyway to make a great plan. 
And on top of that, we don't want to over-contribute. And one of the things that seems to be lost so easily, and I'm, I'm a, I, I can lay blame to myself on this one, is that notice of assessment form. Mm-hmm. You know, what, what, what's my RSP room this year? It used to be so easy before when you had a set amount, and if you missed it, you lost it. Mm-hmm. Well, now it just accumulates and accumulates and accumulates, and they give you this slip sometime in, in April. You hope that, you know, maybe you got a small refund, maybe you owe a little bit of money, and you say, wow, good, my taxes are done, and it gets put away. Well, somehow or another, I swear that thing has legs and it runs off somewhere. If you <laughs> filled out this My CRA account, you now have access to all that information at any time. Right. Mobile. And I actually, we had a situation where clients went to do some things uh, with their, with, needed some bank information. That's what it was. And they were getting a loan. It was a good hour to get to where they had to come from because they're out of town. Yeah. So they drove all the way to their institution uh, for this loan and... They got there and they needed a notice of assessment. Well, they called our office. We had the MyCRA account information and we could we emailed to to them within five minutes they had the information. Yeah. They printed it out at the at the institution. They got the loan. Now, if I didn't have access to that, mm-hmm. they would have had to drive all the way back. Mm-hmm. First of all, find it. Yeah. You know, if they could yeah. find it at all. So assuming they could find it, make another appointment, drive back again, it added would add another two hours of wasted time in their life all because of not having easy access to this information. So, yeah, you have to be careful, I suppose, on who you want to give this information to. But really, you got to look at who's in, who's looking after your best interests. Mm-hmm. And as a financial planner, it's so useful when we're creating a plan to know what a Canada pension plan is because so few people ha- are, are contributing the maximum and, and will and we'll collect the maximum from their Canada pension plan. I think Andy said one time it was... I don't know, something like only 5 or 6% actually get the maximum CPP. Literally, yeah. 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 Okay, so there's always some reason because you, you, didn't, you didn't have a high enough income, you took a few years off, you, took, um, you, you left the country for a few years, whatever it might have been, your CPP is then reduced. And it's so important to know that number when we're doing a plan. So my CRA, what a great thing. And again, having a mobile app, I didn't know that, Andy. Thanks. Yeah, I, I know. <laughs> okay. We are planning your financial future. I'm Scott Thompson. Andy Lister and Don Fox are here from Investors Group Financial Services, Inc., 905-529-7165. We're coming right back. We are planning your financial future. I'm Scott Thompson. Andy Lister and Don Fox are here from Investors Group Financial Services, Inc. Take a peek at the website, andyanddon.com. You can listen to old archive shows there, as well ask a question via the listener inquiry button, or of course, Call and leave a message at 905-529-7165. Going to finish with interest rates. Yes, they, they finally have been rising. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like the, you know, the boy that cried wolf for so long. People actually thought they'd never go up. Yeah. And they took on more and more debt. And we were talking, you know, Andy was mentioning about decumulation. Well, certainly there was way too much accumulation. And it was accumulated by borrowed funds. And so there was a recent poll of 2,001 Canadians um, in, in last month in March. And basically, they found out that 43% of Canadians are now feeling the effects of these higher interest rates. Mm. And uh, because they've gone up three times um, in the last uh, about nine months, 51% fear rising interest rates could impact their ability to repay debts. So basically half. And 33% agreed that rising rates would push them towards bankruptcy. A third. Wow. Yes, that's a... And we've... How many times have you brought up in the show about you know the indebtedness of Canadians. Yeah. And it's at an all-time peak. And we were just been 
borrowing like drunken sailors, if you will, and just going strong. And to the point that people are literally saying, wow, I didn't realize that a half percent more could actually put me over the edge. It's funny you say that because I remember doing shows with you guys uh, 10 years ago and yeah. saying, well, when's this going to end? When are the interest rates? Because it was always, yes. you know, it wasn't the norm. Now I guess everybody's programmed into to it being the norm. It is now like, oh, they actually yeah. will be going up. to the, And again, 47%, so call it half, said they do not believe they'll be able to cover all living expenses in the next 12 months. Mm. So half the people surveyed out of this, out of 2001 Canadians. So... You know, what, 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 what can you do? Very first thing is start writing a list down. I think uh, you may have probably over leveraged yourself, but what can you do about this? So right off the bat, easy, spend less. <laughs> spend less money, okay? Take on less debt, but spend less. How do you do that? And you got to start writing down where you're spending money. And you got to kind of make two pools of money. It's the have to spend money and the like to spend money. The discretionary stuff. Yeah, the fun stuff. And the have to spend money. The stage one money. That's right. Stage, stage one. one of retirement. You got it. Um, food. <laughs> obviously, you got to keep eating. Clothing. Shelter costs. Debt costs. Transportation. And insurance. Whether it's life insurance or car insurance or house insurance. Now, even when you look at those categories, your food costs. Is there any way you could trim those down a bit? Are you buying a lot of prepared foods? that have already, you know, makes it easier for yourself, mm-hmm. but you could probably knock off 25 to half of it mm-hmm. if, you, if you did the <clears> chopping <throat> yourself. Clothing, um, again, looking for sales and things such as that. Winners, for example, rather than going to a different store, mm-hmm. um, you can find great deals there. Uh, my wife is a master of those. She always tells Marshall's me how much she saved. Marshall's is the other one. Yeah. <laughs> I always know how much she saved. I never know how much she spent. <laughs> so <laughs> um, shelter costs, you're somewhat limited there, but certainly uh, making some investments in the house, such as insulation and things, can you know reduce costs. And maybe even when you're, when you're spending hydro, if mm-hmm. you're doing it off-peak or on-peak, all these add up. Um, debt payments, when you're looking at your debt, take a look, or is there any higher interest debts, credit cards? Can you consolidate debt? Can you maybe even get a, uh, in a, a line of credit based on the equity in your house? And then you could probably get down, down to about 4% and then really concentrate on lowering that. Your transportation costs, yeah, we all have them, but are you leasing? Or do you have a, a car that really you don't need? And, and some people, and I, I chatted with a client last week, they, they've gotten to the point that we really need two cars. Yeah. And with Uber and these days, you can probably get to a lot of places on those off chance where you do need that that car a lot cheaper than having a second car with insurance, with oil changes, gas, etc. So you look at all these types of you know have to spends, and then you can always say, okay, where can I save on those? Now, then you look at I like to spend, and the first ones that come to my mind are cell phones, cable, internet. Those packages we have, it's kind of funny. When I go back to old, old personal financial reviews, there was no internet back then. Yeah. We had a telephone cost. It was like 30 yeah. bucks. There was yeah. no cell. These are new costs. This is a paradigm shift mm. that families are spending four to $500 a month. Yeah. Remember, there, were, remember there was long distance charges? Yeah, oh, exactly. Yeah. yeah. That was yeah. a big deal. Uh, four to $500 a month simply on cell phones. Never mind the cable internet costs. So I'm looking at these extra costs of $600 a month. I know, I know some people are cutting the cable and that's a great place Some are to start. going back to the flip phone. 
Yeah. I talked about that this week. Really? Yeah. It's a trend. Like vinyl, we're going back to the flip phone. <laughs> Perfect. I'm not sure how long this is going to last, though. No more smartphone. <laughs> yeah. It's cheaper. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's way less expensive. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you look at entertainment. Okay, how much you spend on entertainment? Um, are you buying your lunch or are you taking your lunch to work? Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, coffee. Is, again, it's, we talked about that many times where people leave 15 minutes early to go through a drive-thru to have a coffee on the way to work. Mm. That didn't even happen 20 years ago. Yeah. So these are the like to spends, and you can probably cut those down a little bit. Then, of course, is the, the gifts, Christmas gifts, birthday gifts, whatever gifts that you may have, and holidays. And then you can look at, okay, what type of holidays can we have and having almost as much fun or, or equally as much fun without spending as much money. Mm-hmm. So create these two pots of, of costs and see if, where you can whittle those down. And if you still can't make ends meet with these rising interest rates, you may want to look at selling a car, um, getting off a lease, selling a, and maybe getting a lot less expensive car or, or make, maybe even downsizing in a house. You might have to go to another step. But this is the first place I'd start. All right. We have been planning your financial future. Andy Lister and Don Fox are here from Investors Group Financial Services, Inc. Check out the website at andyanddon.com. That's andyanddon, all one word, dot com. You can listen to old archive shows there as well. Ask a question via the listener inquiry button. And don't forget, you can call them to 905-529-7165. That's 905-529-7165. Leave a message. They will return your call. Thank you, gentlemen. Have a great week. Thanks, Scott. See you next week.